Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Values Report. It's me, Mary Elizabeth Castle, and I have our Vice President, David Walls. Uh, we have some new faces today on the Facebook Live and some new voices on the radio show. So say hello, David. Excited to be here. It's been a while since I've, uh, since I've been on, so, but uh, excited to be here and excited to talk about some uh, important things that, we got, uh, that we're working on and uh, some information that I think will be helpful to uh, folks uh, around the state and especially here in the Austin area. Good, and we know this is going to be a success. It's going to be better than our alma mater's uh, football program after the death penalty. So we, They're we have a lot all to right. live up. They're looking all right. <laughs> For those that don't know, Mary Elizabeth and I are both uh, graduates of SMU. So, um, But... Uh, We'll see. There's a long way to go in the football season, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so one of the things we want to talk about is the scorecard. And so, David, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the scorecard, what it is, what it does, and why it's so important for voters to know about it. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the uh, the third session now that uh, we have put out the Faith and Family Scorecard. And so for those that aren't familiar, this is a, a project of our uh, partner organization, Texas Values Action. And it is essentially a comprehensive pro-family legislative scorecard where we, um, during the session, we track um, a lot of different activity, really any activity that a legislator can take that's on the record, be that be, that could be votes, uh, on bills, votes on amendments. Um, that includes uh, sponsoring or co-sponsoring legislation. And as uh, Mary Elizabeth knows, that's an important way that members can, prior to a vote, can sign on to a bill to show support. Um, and that allows kind of momentum to build on an issue. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes um, some of those, uh, some of that legislation doesn't end up getting voted on. So a lot of times that's the only way or the only opportunity publicly that uh, legislators have to, to indicate whether they're supportive of an of a issue or not. And so uh, it's a comprehensive scorecard. We look at a lot of um, important issues, but it's essentially fundamentally around our core issues of religious freedom, marriage, family issues, human sexuality, and obviously the pro-life issue as well. And so uh, we're really excited because we um, we invested heavily uh, uh, this session, and we have a uh, a brand new kind of website portal uh, that shows a whole lot of information about the scorecard, um, and that's available at, at txvaluesaction.org/scorecard. Uh, happy to uh, talk a little bit more about detail about that in light of what happened in this most recent uh, legislative session. But if folks haven't already checked that out, I encourage folks to go check it out because you can look up your individual legislator and then you can see how they voted and, and how they where they stood on important issues um, that, uh, that we believe um, and I think most Texans believe are some of the most important issues of the day. That's right. So check out that scorecard. Um, so, David, I want you to talk a little bit about some of the things where members were docked points and kind of some of the disparities between, you know, faith and family champions and some of the Democrats who took places of, you know, former faith and family champions and how we're seeing a shift in, you know, people who oppose us or opposing us in full force. Absolutely. As uh, if folks were following, you know, the last election, the, the 2018 election heading into this last legislative session that ended earlier this year, uh, there was a big change. So uh, there were uh, 12, uh, 12 Texas House seats uh, that flipped from Republican to Democrat. There were two seats in the Texas Senate that flipped 
uh, from Republican to uh, to Democrat. So there was definitely a, a different vibe in this session. And um, as our scorecard indicates, uh, those changes in who's in certain districts made an impact in the way uh, members from those districts voted. And so Mary Elizabeth mentioned Faith and Family Champions. Let me talk about that for just a minute. So we, um, anyone that scores 90% or above on our scorecard, and that's not, not easy to do, right. um, and members will tell you that, um, we recognize as Faith and Family Champions. And so, um, if you, again, if you go to the scorecard, uh, you can kind of see a summary of those members um, that scored 90% above. Um, it's you know, for for those that follow the issues that we work in, it's not surprising that that uh, uh, every single faith and family champion was a Republican, um, a number in the House, um, and then a lot in the Senate as well. Um, but Mary Elizabeth, you, you talked a little bit about a couple of seats that uh, that maybe flipped, and uh, mm-hmm. and and a couple of those are right here in our in the listening area of of, of where this radio program broadcasts. That's right. Um, and so, just to highlight a couple, so. Uh, in Williamson County, uh, a freshman representative, John Busey, Democrat, he flipped a seat uh, that had been previously held by Tony Dell. Uh, Tony Dell um, uh, was a Republican that uh, certainly we could, on a, on a lot of important issues, uh, we could count on, on religious liberty and on life issues and so forth. Representative John Busey, the new member, scored a zero on our scorecard. Wow. That literally means uh, that there there was nothing on the core issues of religious freedom on pro-life that uh, that he voted for. And that's that's a big difference. I mean, yes. to go from someone that yes. you can count on most of the time to someone that um, that you couldn't count on a single time, pretty much. Um, that's a big difference. But that wasn't the only district uh, like that in uh, in the area. Uh, down in Hayes and Blanco County, Representative Aaron Sweener, who was uh, um, a, a freshman member as well, that was a seat that was uh, formerly held by uh, Representative Jason Isaac. Uh, another um, situation where we had someone that we could most of the time count on, on, on religious freedom, mm-hmm. pro-life, pro-family issues to vote with us the right way. Um, that seat flips, and we have a new representative, Representative Zwerner, Zwiener, excuse me, who scored zero. Wow! Uh, and this is what we saw up <laughs> and down uh, a lot of these seats um, that uh, that moved from Republican to Democrat. It was not moderate Democrats that took these seats. It right. was uh, it was folks that literally um, do not um, have a desire really to. Uh, to vote uh, for and support some core foundational issues. And so I think uh, this resource is going to be very important for folks, um, not just in these districts, but in others. Uh, we, again, encourage folks, go look at the scorecard, go to your, uh, go to Representative John Busey's uh, page if you live in Williamson County, go to Representative uh, Zwerner's page if you live in Hayes and uh, Blanco County, and look at how they voted. Um, and uh, their record speaks for themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. You said some people scored zero. So I want to go into talking about um, some specific bills that kind of went into the scores. Um, One of those big bills was um, SB 22. You've heard us talk a lot about that bill, about how um, governments should not be allowed to have contracts with abortion providers and their affiliates. And so That was one of the bills, along with the Chick-fil-A bill, which was the Chick-fil-A religious law that came into law. And last week you heard about uh, how a lawsuit is actually being uh, enforced or filed according to that law. And so those are two of the big bills that went into, um, you know, the scoring. But 
we also mentioned further back about some of the bad bills that we made sure members didn't sign on to, and those were the ban the Bible bills. Um, David, so what were some other things, you know, even minor, that kind of went into the scoring? Yeah, absolutely. As, as, as um, Mary Elizabeth said, obviously the, the Save Chick-fil-A bills on there, right. uh, SB 22, big important pro-life bill about uh, further cutting off um, funding and financial tra- transactions to abortion providers. Also, uh, HB 16, the uh, Texas Born Alive Infant Protection Act that uh, uh, prevents um, or helps protect babies um, that survive an abortion. Um, and those are obviously some, some important bills that we focused a lot on, we communicated a lot on, we've communicated a lot on uh, since the session and since those bills went into uh, effect on September 1. But there was a lot of different issues. If, if, again, if you go to, um, to, to our scorecard, you'll see more than um, uh, 20 votes, um, a lot of sponsorships. Uh, that we're talking about votes on campus free speech bills. Um, um, and this is the other thing, too, you know, uh, like on uh, SB 1978, for example, uh, where we score amendments to bills. So when SB 1978 was being debated in the House, there were some efforts to um, predominantly um, by Democrats to offer a really bad uh, poison pill style amendments that would mm-hmm. have uh, essentially undone the bill or um, taken the bill into a direction essentially to do the exact opposite of what it was intended to do. And so um, one of those was a ban the Bible, sexual orientation and gender identity language uh, amendment. So that vote is uh, recorded on our scorecard. Um, we had some, also some legislation in the Senate uh, that was voted on related to um, um, reforming the student health advisory committees, the SHACs, as it relates to trying to improve the process um, um, for that. And so a lot of important bills um, related to that. There was some SB 24 improvements in the Women's Right to Know Act. So really any, you know, we do, uh, our team, uh, Mary Elizabeth helped with this. Um, Nicole, we had a great intern that was with That's us great. over the summer. Uh, that did a whole lot of due diligence. We we track uh, pretty much anything that touches on one of our core issues, um, and we look at how those things end up at the end of the session. And um, and you know our firm belief with the scorecard is um, to hold elected officials accountable. Right. Um, you know they are elected to be your representatives. Um, they are we you know we we have high expectations, and I think right. that's the the way the system's supposed like it to work. Be. Um, they have an opportunity in Texas once every two years to come down here to Austin and to try to move the ball forward to fight against bad bad bills. And um, and our expectation is is that every opportunity they're given, they would try to do the right thing. And, and that's what we try to encompass in our scorecard. And I really think, as we talked about uh, this session in particular with what happened in the election, I think it's really eye-opening. Um, the difference between the two parties, generally speaking, on where they stand on these issues. It is crystal clear uh, where the two parties stand. And so um, I think that's something voters will be very interested in, in taking to in, in, into account as we move into the, the 2020 primary season and then eventually into the general election um, next year. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that, David. So you've heard this information. Go check out the scorecard. Be empowered and be informed of what is going on uh, so you can make the right decisions when you go to the voting booth. And so 
you actually go and vote. Don't stay at home. You know, these people are voting against your values. So really get informed and go out to vote. So we also wanted to take a time to just reflect on some interesting and good things that have been happening at Texas Values. And one of those was the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. Uh, We had a good time. It was hosted at Great Hills Baptist Church. We had over 40 speakers. Uh, One of those was U.S. Senator Ted Cruz. Another one was U.S. Congressman Chip Roy. We had people from the National Family Policy Councils. We had, you know, local pastors speak at this um, forum also. And so, David, uh, just touch on a few highlights on that and kind of what were your favorite parts about that forum? Well, I I'll tell you, this is the second year in a row, um, and it's it's going to be an annual event as we move forward, the, the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum, um, and kind of really has, in, in two years, already become kind of the marquee policy event for the issues of religious liberty, pro-life, pro-family issues, um, and so it was... I, it was a great event, and we had we had over uh, 300 folks that, that signed up to come uh, this time. Um, big increase from from our first year, and so um, it was um, it was just a great event. And we and we had a lot of great feedback from um, from folks. Just some conversations with folks that weren't familiar with our organization, weren't familiar with um, you know really a, a lot of these issues. And um, uh, the sense that I got from folks that attended the event is that they were just thankful to pr- to have a platform where they could come and just uh, really learn and get equipped, uh, educated, activated, and, and um, motivated, as we've mm-hmm. said. And so um, it, it really was a great event. And um, for, for, for folks that weren't able to join us, um, if you go to txvalues.org, we have kind of a, a recap piece where we've been posting some of the videos uh, from, the, um, from the session, including... Um, um, the remarks from our U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, who was kind of our keynote on the on one of our Saturday morning sessions. We've got some pro-life sessions. We got a, a really interesting session, and I know we've talked. Um, uh, Mary Elizabeth and others have talked about this on our on our program uh, about what's going on in sex education, um, both uh, here locally in the city of Austin, but then we also had. Uh, one of our good friends uh, from Family Policy Alliance to help kind of share what's going on at the national level as far as these battles over radical sex education uh, that uh, that the left is pushing across the country and we're seeing right here in Austin. So encourage folks to go uh, check that out as well. And uh, we are going to be doing the event again next year. So, uh, so if you didn't, I encourage folks to go check out some of the videos and um, join us next year here in Austin. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you don't miss this next year. It was a great policy forum. Uh, You know, we had two days. We had a half a day on Friday. We had a special dinner that you could buy a separate ticket for that Friday night where we had um, Lieutenant General retired Jerry Boykin. Uh, And we also had a full day Saturday. Um, People seemed to really enjoy it, got a lot of feedback. A lot of people told me their eyes were opened and they didn't realize a lot of things were going on um, in our state that really kind of go against their values and that are, you know, it kind of inspired them a little. And so it's a great event. Make sure you get tickets for next year and stay tuned. Like David said, there are videos on our YouTube page and also on our website if you missed it. But if you want to get the full effect, then you need to buy the ticket for next year. So be sure to come. So, you know, religious liberty issues are happening all over the country. You've heard about uh, how San Antonio um, is being 
uh, you know, sued for what they did to Chick-fil-A in their airport. Um, you've heard a lot about what's happening in Texas. You've heard about Austin and how they're, you know, giving $150,000 to abortion services. And you may say, like, well, this is just happening in Austin or Maybe this is a Texas problem, but there's these issues happening all over the country. So, David, I kind of want to talk about what's happening in Arizona with um, these women who make invitation cards, you know, for weddings and special events and how their religious liberty was attacked. But thankfully, the Supreme Court of Arizona um, stood in their favor. So, David, can you talk a little bit about that story? Yeah, this is this is an important case um, um, for the state of Arizona, but I think it um, uh, is important for the rest of the country. And, and I, I know folks that are engaged with us know about the Jack Phillips case uh, that went up to the U.S. Supreme Court and the, the ultimate victory that he had, but um, kind of reminding ourselves what this issue is about. Um, as, as Mary Elizabeth said, you know, a big part of what we were successful in doing this past legislative session was uh, preventing any statewide sexual orientation or gender identity, what we've labeled as, as ban the Bible style laws or ordinances um, from being passed or, or moving forward in the state legislature. Uh, but as we know, these things are happening locally. Uh, a lot of local governments are, are passing these ordinances, uh, giving special protections um, on these issues um, and the conflict so many times that we see is immediately on the issue of religious freedom on the issue of free speech that's what um, Jack Phillips dealt with in the case uh, in his case it was a statewide SOGI essentially that the state of Colorado had passed mm -hmm. uh, in Arizona you had the city of Phoenix who had passed a, um, a local ordinance a uh, ban the Bible style sexual orientation gender identity ordinance that was essentially providing the legal backdrop uh, for the city to go after Christian um, um, Christians who are making invitations as it re relates to wedding. And as, you know, as we have talked about, these issues are, are happening all over the country. Right. Um, but there was a lawsuit filed. Our friends, uh, National uh, Friends uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, filed a lawsuit on behalf of um, several of um, folks in the local community to fight back against this, uh, this local ordinance. And it made it all the way up to the Arizona Supreme Court. Uh, my understanding was it was a 4-3 decision. Um, um, any victory is a victory. Um, certainly, uh, one would hope that, um, you know, it's sometimes a little disconcerting to see these 4-3 decisions, 5-4 decisions at the U.S. Mm -hmm. Supreme Court. But the important thing to know is that this was a victory for religious freedom. This is a victory for free speech. And we need to continue to get the message out that these local ordinances um, these sexual orientation and gender identity uh, ordinances are direct threats to religious freedom. We're thankful uh, that the Arizona su uh, Supreme Court recognized that, and we're going to continue to be uh, spreading that message here in Texas as we engage uh, increasingly at the local level across the state of Texas. Yeah, that's right. And so we're happy about that decision. But the Holy Spirit just walked in and told me to remind our listeners that, you know, at the local level— of these SOGI ordinances, this is something that we're facing here in Texas. Um, back in January, I believe, um, we actually, Nicole and I, had to go fight one in Carrollton. And uh, unfortunately, that one passed, and that was because, you know, they had people testify after they decided that. And it's not just Carrollton. I think the city of Dallas already had one in place. 
Uh, San Antonio had one in place. I believe Austin has one in place. But thankfully, um, our president went to Laredo and one was stopped there. Uh, so this is something that is happening locally all over where people are trying to put these sexual orientation, gender identity, special classes in their local policies. You know, if we defeated them on the state level, but they're trying to do it locally. So local businesses, you know, that are religious will be attacked and will be punished or will be denied contracts or grants with the local government because of these ordinances. So we're really happy about what happened in Arizona. And hopefully this message, you know, will spread across the nation and across Texas that, you know, religious liberty should be protected and that these special classes aren't really protecting anyone. And they're not about, you know, equal access or equal opportunity or about fairness and that they're really, you know, putting an affront to people's beliefs and their way of life and what they believe in and the Bible. Uh, no ban the Bible ban.com. I don't know if it's still active or not, but you can no go Bible to Chick- ban. no Bible ban.com. But you can go to Chick fil A. Save Chick fil A.com. Yeah. Not the food website, but save Chick fil A.com. And you can learn more about that. So, David, do we have any more updates that we need to tell our listeners about? Well, you know, I just want to just uh, for, for another minute on what we were just talking about and do in- encourage, continue to encourage folks to go to save Chick fil A.com where we have information about the, the new Save Chick fil A Religious Freedom Law. You can uh, download a, um, a really good one page handout that kind of explains uh, uh, how the law came about. Uh, what the law does, and, and an FAQ about some some questions you may have about the law, but I think no it's waffle Im- fights included. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I I think it's important to, to to point out that you know San Antonio does have a um, sexual orientation, gender identity right. ordinance. It's one of the first things that Texas Values was involved in fighting locally when we launched um, all the way back in in 2012 was this local ordinance in San Antonio, and I you know. Um, I think the legal framework um, in which uh, that law has in the city of San Antonio emboldened the city council to to do what they've done, which is mm-hmm. essentially to ban Chick-fil-A from opening in the airport. And this is what we've, you know, we tried to tell folks. I remember talking about this in Carrollton. Um, you know, you see some of these local SOGI ordinances come through and you go, well, this is a, you know, pretty conservative area. They would never use this type of ordinance to actually you know, go after someone, that wouldn't happen in our community. But what we need to remind folks is the left is playing a long-term game here. And what they're trying to do is put these laws and policies in place. And, you know, folks may be right. There may not be uh, an immediate policy go into place and then they immediately come and start going after Christian business owners. But what's happened is they've created the legal framework for when they think that moment comes when the, when the culture's changed, when they feel like they have the, the wind at their sails, so to speak, that they can come and challenge that. And mm-hmm. so, uh, again, you know, 2012, 2013, I think, is when the city of San Antonio passed their, their local uh, sexual orientation and gender identity uh, ordinance. I know there's been some issues with that um, over the years, but fast forward to what just happened, I, I have to believe that the fact that they had that in place mm-hmm. emboldened the city council to feel like they could um, a trample on uh, Chick-fil-A's religious freedom uh, rights like they did. So um, this is an important issue that we're going to be uh, continuing to engage on. But that wasn't the question you asked me. You asked <laughs> me about some other other stuff that we have working on. And I, I do want to um, let folks know um, we are really excited uh, that our 
uh, annual Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala, our uh, big fundraising dinner that we do every year, has been um, announced. And ticket and table sales uh, are available now at txvalues.org. We're going to be back in Houston this year uh, on Friday, November 15th. Um, it's going to be an exciting event. We've got some exciting announcements as far as speakers and other stuff that's still to come. But just wanted to let folks know that, um, uh, that that's coming up on Friday, November 15th. If you go to txvalues.org, uh, you can get all the uh, ticket information um, about that event. Previous years, we've had um, uh, the Attorney General, uh, Kim Paxton, has spoke. We've had uh, a number of great keynote speakers from, from Fox News' Todd Starnes to uh, the Benham Brothers to um, Hercules even, Kevin Sorbo. And then last year, um, uh, the event was in Dallas and, um, and former Congresswoman and, and former presidential candidate Michelle Bachman, who's just a, a great warrior and champion on our issues, was the, the keynote speaker. So we're excited about that. Uh, it, and that's really a, a great event if you're um, uh, interested in kind of in taking that next step of really partnering with, uh, with us. Uh, we encourage folks to, um, to go check out those tickets and, um, and uh, think about joining us for the Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala, uh, which again will be Friday, uh, November 15th. Yeah, please get your tickets to that. It'll be in Houston, and it'll be a great event to hear a great speaker and network with some great people, and we hope you can support us in that. As always, go to txvalues.org for more information, and if you want to donate, feel free to do that. Uh, feel free to bless our organization, and thank you so much for listening to our uh, podcast and our Facebook Live, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.